morning. Right now, though, we're going to address another major story. Uh, this one is uh, just taking off like wildfire. It's it's really quite alarming what's going on, as a matter of fact. Um, and for those of you following such things, you know the situation in Afghanistan has become, well, a catastrophe at this point. The U.S., of course, is leaving. That's been announced. And the Taliban is rapidly rushing back in and reclaiming huge swaths of territory. Um, we've talked about the efforts to save Canadian interpreters and or interpreters that worked with Canadian forces and other support staff uh, in huge evacuation operations. Well, now the U.S., the U.K., and Canada have all announced plans to send in troops and airlift out all of their nationals, get them out of the country. It's all very reminiscent of the fall of Saigon in the final days of the Vietnam War, just the complete collapse and um, the... I guess you would call them the enemy forces or the opposition forces rushing right back in. Uh, it's not a good look for the government of, day, of the day by any means. So let's get the specifics on this story and just how it all came about and where we are now and where we might go. Um, we are going to be chatting with uh, Brahma Chalani, who is a geostrategist and author of nine books, including the award-winning Water, Asia's New Battleground. Uh, Brahma, thank you for joining us this morning. appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. So let's just go back to the beginning here. Um, uh, Donald Trump first put this in place, and um, but ultimately, ultimately, Joe Biden is going to be the one to wear this. He made the final decision. He set the timeline against a lot of warnings from people who knew better, right? Precisely. His top uh, military generals advised him that any hurried exit would lead to a catastrophe. And what they predicted is what's unfolding now is seeing a security and humanitarian nightmare develop in Afghanistan. And this situation could have been averted had the conditions on the ground been the principal factor in the presidential decision. The rapid pullout of forces created the vacuum for the Taliban to make swift advances on the ground. What was the advice that we were hearing from generals, from other people who've studied this and said, listen, if you just go and yank everybody out immediately, this is what's going to happen. And now we see it is. What was the advice? What was the other plan that was presented to say this is a better way of doing it? Well, to take a step back, by the time Biden took office, there were only 2,500 U.S. soldiers remaining in Afghanistan. So that's a very small force that remained in Afghanistan. And that small military footprint could have been sustained in Afghanistan for a much longer period, or at least um, a smaller residual force could have been kept in Afghanistan. The reason why that was important is the Afghan military depended heavily on American and Western logistical support, including close air support. The drones on, on the battlefield were so important for situational awareness. The military contractors from the West, they, they had a critical role in maintenance, in logistics, and um, in spare parts. All those contractors have left, the Western forces have left leaving the Afghan forces high and dry. They don't have the support infrastructure anymore. And that's the reason why we're seeing the Afghan forces retreat from city after city, 
while the Taliban are taking these cities without a fight. There's been no real fighting in most places. You know, wasn't the whole point to go over there, stabilize things, and strengthen the Afghan government and their own defense forces so that this wouldn't happen? So can we look at the last 20 years as anything other than an abject failure that was erased within a matter of days? It's a good question. The Afghan forces should have been trained in a way to independently manage the war. For the last um, many years, ever since the U.S. combat role ended at the end of 2014, the Afghans were in the front lines. They were fighting and dying for the country. The Americans only suffered 99 fatalities in this period since end of 2014, while the Afghans lost tens of thousands of their soldiers in, in actual fighting. But the Afghan military remained highly reliant on U.S. and Western support. That was a mistake. The military should have been made independent of Western support. And also one other point that we have to keep in mind is that we all talk about a 20-year American war in Afghanistan. But the American intervention in Afghanistan did not begin in, 20, in 2001 after the terrorist attacks in the U.S., it started much earlier in the aftermath of the direct Soviet military intervention in Afghanistan from late 1979. In the 1980s, the U.S. was involved in a CIA-led covert war in Afghanistan, the largest ever in CIA's history. So we're looking at a long period of American involvement in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and yet President, President Biden suddenly and abruptly decided to pull out all forces, creating a vacuum that the Taliban are now exploiting. And look at, look at the irony. There were just 2,500 American troops there uh, that were pulled back, and now Biden is sending 3,000 <laughs> American troops back to merely evacuate American citizens. There couldn't be a more jarring paradox than that. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. No, you're absolutely right. And they're not alone. The UK now doing it, Canada doing it. And, and as I said, you know, one of the most striking images from the Vietnam War was the fall of Saigon and the air evacuations and all the rest of that stuff. And uh, no president wants that on their watch. And we are going to see it in the coming days in Kabul. Uh, Kabul may be a more difficult thing for Taliban to take because the Afghan military has retreated and is seeking to define its defenses. Uh, and the defense line is very clear that they are not going to let the Taliban walk into Kabul. There's going to be heavy fighting, unlike in, in elsewhere. Uh, there'll be heavy fighting if the Taliban tries to seize Kabul. So I expect the Afghan military to to uh, defend uh, Kabul 
and um, there might be a lot of uh, bloodletting, uh, and, and there might be a civil war uh, in Afghanistan like we saw in the 1990s. So I don't think uh, the rapid uh, advances of the Taliban that we have seen in the West, South, and the North are going to be replicated in the central part of Afghanistan where Kabul is located. Okay, so sort of a last end. Okay, a couple more things before I let you go. Uh, we'll talk about the future in a second, but the present. Where has the Taliban been? This is all Pakistan, right? They have flooded Afghanistan with, with fighters for the Taliban, correct? Precisely, and I think, and, and this is, you know, well known in counterinsurgency literature, that when proxies enjoy transboundary support, transboundary sanctuaries, it's difficult to defeat them. The Taliban were created and reared by Pakistan. They remain Pakistan's proxies. They enjoy sanctuaries in Pakistan. The, the, the top Taliban leadership remains based in Pakistan. And as the American general commanding forces in Afghanistan, John Nicholson said, it's very difficult to succeed on the battlefield when your enemy enjoys external support and safe haven. In fact, it was difficult for the, for the U.S. forces to see the enemy because the enemy was beyond their reach across the border. And this begs the question as to why the Americans fought the war on one side of the Afghan-Pakistan border. The real war should have been fought in Pakistan. And, and yet, what we have seen is that U.S. policy over the years has mollycoddled Pakistan. Mm-hmm. While, while countless numbers of Afghans have been killed in continuing conflict since, since the Soviet intervention in 1979. So we have had two generations of Afghans um, you know, um, who have been in a war-torn country, they've seen their country unravel. Uh, it's a war-ravaged country, and unfortunately, uh, things are not going to come anytime soon. So I guess the question is, um, it, it looks by you know any reasonable expectation the Taliban will once again be in full control of Afghanistan very, very soon. Does that mean we go back to mid-1990s Afghanistan, where we know al-Qaeda was operating? We know ISIS is now in the area. Do we see a return to global terror being fostered, harbored, and launched out of Afghanistan, just like we did 25 years ago? It's a great question, and I would answer by saying that the American retreat from Afghanistan carries far greater international implications than the American defeat in Vietnam because the American retreat from Afghanistan is going to embolden jihadists across the world. Right, it's seen it'll as a deliver the rebirth. It'll deliver the rebirth of global terror. And, and the Taliban is very much part of the global jihadist movement. In fact, as the UN Security Council report recently pointed out, that Taliban is still very much closely aligned with al-Qaeda. So it's very likely that Afghanistan would become once again a haven for transnational terrorists. And then do we once again get back into the situation 20 years from now 
where allied forces go back into Afghanistan? Are we locked into this kind of a cycle of take over the country, surrender the country, terrorism blooms, and we go back in? Or is, is it just going to continue like this? We, we saw that in Syria, Iraq. Yep. The Americans um, intervened, then they withdrew. And when ISIS, the Islamic State, declared a caliphate, caliphate in Syria and Iraq, the Americans had to re-intervene. So similarly, the rise of a of a reconstituted Taliban emirate in Afghanistan will eventually lead to Western military re-intervention in Afghanistan. And the re-intervention will be costlier than had the U.S. maintained a small residual force in Afghanistan. Yeah, it is just a horrible situation. Thank you so much for your time this morning, giving us a little background and insight. I appreciate it very much, Brahma. Thank you. That is Brahma Chalani, who is a geostrategist and author of nine books, including the award-winning Water, Asia's New Battleground. And I think we touched on most of the highlights there in terms of what's going on in Afghanistan.